Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. You see, it is important if you really want to have a deep relationship with someone, the first thing is you must learn their language. Right? Learning their language, I think, is very, very important. And the more you understand the language the more you can carry out deeper conversation. It's like the level of a conversation we can have with our children, right? When they were young and they don't have a lot of, lot of vocabularies, right? So you have to, you can carry out conversation with them, but that conversation will be at a more shallower level, right? That sometimes you want to have a very serious conversation with a child, but because they are still children, right, they, they won't even understand some of the language, the weight of them, right? So, it is, so you, are, you are limited uh, the extent to which you can uh, go with a child. Uh, you are limited by the level of vocabulary that the child has or a person has. It can also occur if you're learning a new language. You know, let's say you're learning Spanish, uh, you can pick a few words, uh, you know, you probably can learn enough to be able to go to the, um, to, to, the, to, the, to the supermarket maybe and, you know, buy a few things, you know, but to really, really go deeper and have serious uh, conversation, you got to learn more. If you don't know a lot, you're just going to try and pick it and you can, you know, so that is going to limit it. In the same way, many of us, our relationship with God is so limited because we don't understand the language of God. And when we're talking about language, we're not talking about earthly language per se, uh, in terms of maybe, you know, Spanish, French. But we're talking about the way God speaks, uh, which is very, very, very important. Because the word of God is the language of God. And it's important to know that you cannot go deep with God if you don't prioritize, you know, the role of the Word of God. If you don't prioritize learning the Word of God, understanding the Word of God. If Bible is not an important word, I mean, a book to you, it is impossible for you to carry on any form of meaningful relationship with God. And it will be very frustrating. Just imagine you're trying to speak to him. He can't hear you. And he's trying to speak to you. You can't hear him. That is how many believers relationship with God. A lot of activity. A lot of talking. A lot of gesticulating. But very few communication going on. Uh, so today I want to help you uh, to really get to a place. Or at least to begin that journey for some of us. Of really learning the language of God. Now, I, I will start by establishing it. I've said it. The word of God 
is the language of God. The Bible contains the language of God, contains the vocabularies of God. Through the word, we know how God speaks. Through the word, we know when he speaks to us. All right? Through that, we also know how to speak to God. How to speak to God. There's so, so many things people think they're saying to God he can't hear because you're not speaking his language. Many of us, how often do we just pray and we just pray our feelings and our emotions? I mean, when you, look at Bible, when you look at prayer in the Bible, there's no prayer in the Bible that is not based on the word. There's no prayer that anybody prayed that they are not quoting his word to him. You see, prayer itself is reminding God what he has said. Prayer must be prayed uh, using the language that God understands. Hallelujah. I think James was talking about we have not, you know, the reason why we have not is because we ask not. And the reason why we, are, we, we ask, have not is because we ask amiss. That is, we are missing the point. How many of our prayers are missing the point? You know, they are not getting there simply because we are not speaking the language of prayer. It's very, very important to really understand that we must. I... I love John, John chapter 10. You know, John chapter 10, I actually love that chapter. The book of John is a very sweet book, by the way. But at chapter 10, Jesus talked about him being a shepherd. And he describes, you know, different aspects of his shepherd heart. In verse 4, he says, you know, he has brought all of all, all it has brought out all his own, talking about a shepherd. He goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him. Because they know his voice. <laughs> they know his voice. All right? Verse 5 says, But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. You see, the reason why you know the stranger's voice is because you know God has a vocabulary. God has a language. It's amazing how many people miss God simply because maybe they have a dream uh, and they think that is God speaking to them. Or maybe, you know, somebody say they give them a word, uh, you know, they have a vision. In my Christian life, I have seen more people miss God simply because of a dream, of a prophecy, of a vision. I've seen more people. I've seen incredible things happen, great, you know, by people who true prophecy, true vision, true dream, but I've also equally seen a lot of damage done. That is because the stranger also speaks through those things. The stranger also speaks through those things. Now, it takes you being able to know how he speaks because you can tell the difference. You know, when the devil tempted Jesus, he quoted scriptures to Jesus, but he misquoted them. In each of those, he misquoted them. He misquoted them. If you go and look at it, he misquoted it. And Jesus was able to know this is not from God. This is not what God will do. This is not what God can do. This doesn't sound. This, is, this does not belong. And that is why if you have a gift of dreams, visions, you better have another gift of reading the Bible. Hallelujah. 
you will be misled. The enemy will manipulate that. The enemy will mess you up. The enemy will destroy you, lead you astray. And you will think simply, you are, you know, trying to hear from God. So it's important to know that. And I've seen many people done do, do very, very, I mean, do very, very dumb things uh, just because, you know, they, you know, think they're hearing from God. The word of God also reveals the mind of God. You see, it's important to know how God thinks. It's important. See, the mind of God is, you see, the, 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 the way you measure closeness and deep intimacy with someone or closeness to someone is you know how they think. It's not just important how people speak, but how people think is important, right? I mean, if you spend some time with uh, husband and wife, after a while, you know how the person thinks. In fact, with anybody, with any of your friends, the more, the, 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 the more you measure you know, friendship in terms of intimacy is because you begin to know this is how they reason, right? This is how they tend to see things. And it's important to do that. Very, very important. Uh, how God sees things, what is important to God, what motivates God, right? This is what motivates God. This is what excites God. It's not everything that excites God. <laughs> it's not everything. God is not excited by you know, our kicking and screaming, for example. God is not excited. God is excited by faith. When God sees faith, he's excited. God is not excited about our emotion. God is not emotional. Sometimes we get very emotional with God. So God, you have to do this. If you don't do this, what will people say? If you don't do this, you know, God is not moved by those things. I mean, we think we're trying to move God. You know, it's like, oh, God, I've been so faithful. Oh, God, if you don't bless Brother Peter... Wow, that brother is so faithful, he's so kind, he's so great. Maybe Brother Peter is not that great. <laughs> From God's perspective, you think Brother Peter is great, right? Maybe they're not that great. <laughs> so that's why really biblical prayer is never based on our works. So let me tell you something. Don't go before God trying to prove anything to God. You might be so shocked. In fact, a lot of our righteousness, they are like filthy rag before God. Why don't you go before God because of his own righteousness? You go before God because of his own faithfulness. We go before God because he's faithful. I mean, when God, when Abraham, Abraham found out when he went to pray to God and he said, God, God said, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he thought, oh, man, God, if you can find 50 people, I'm, not, I'm sure you're not going to destroy it. God said, yeah. They look, they couldn't find 50 people. And they reduce it. Let's reduce the number. They look, they couldn't find. They reduced the number. I think he got so embarrassed. You know, Abraham got embarrassed and he stopped the prayer. And God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Can you imagine you go before God and say, God, I mean, just compare that to Moses. God said, I'm going to wipe out children of Israel. And I'm going to really, really raise another nation. I'm going to use you to raise another nation. And he said, no, God, you can't do that. You are a faithful God. You are a merciful God. What will people say about you, God, that you, 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 you gave them a promise? What will people say about you that you can't deliver the promise? You know what? God stopped. Now, those two prayers, one is speaking the language of God. One is appealing directly to God's word. God's promise, God's, you know, God's faithfulness. That is Moses' prayer. Abraham's prayer was appealing to 
people's righteousness. That's an example I want to give us, you know, for example. When we pray, don't go before. Jesus even told us two people who were praying. One of them went before God. The Pharisees went before God and said, God, I fast three times a week. I give. Maybe all you're giving doesn't mean much to God. You never know. <laughs> maybe, maybe you think you're working so hard. Maybe they don't really measure up to God. That's why we don't go to God based on our righteousness. We go to God based on his righteousness. His righteousness stands. Hallelujah. So it's very important for us to note that. You see, these things, they are very important. So we must know the mind of God. Isaiah 55, 8 says, These thoughts are not our thoughts, right? Neither are his ways our ways. So we want to find out his ways of God. That's why when we even study the scripture, we're asking questions. We're asking the Holy Spirit to show us, you know, what we need to know. The word of God is also the history of God. It's his memorial, right? It's his, it's his documentary. How many of us watch, love to watch documentary? They are documenting what has happened. You know, history is God's story. This is his story. You know, when we, you know, I, I, I love Psalm 44. Psalm 44, uh, this is, uh, the psalm is really using God's history. In fact, children of Israel, a lot of psalms is full with people trying to use the history of God. And in fact, a lot of the life of the children of Israel is based on understanding what God has done before. In Psalm 44, for example, they said in verse 1, Lo God, we have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us the deeds you did in their days, in the days of old. You drove out the nations with your hands, but them you planted. You afflicted the peoples. You cast them out, for they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword, nor did they own, their arms save them, but it is your right hand your arm, the light of your countenance because you favored them. I mean, that is talking about their history. You know, when you go into the word of God, what you know is, the, is a documentary of God's act, God's history, how he has dealt with people, right? How he has moved in the past and is important because history simply repeats themselves, right? We're in a pandemic now, a lot of the things where, you know, a lot of what we are doing now, do you know, is, is exactly what we're doing. I mean, what they did that. At the beginning of the pandemic, I went to read about the, you know, 1917, 18 pandemic. I mean, there were like three waves. I mean, it's unbelievable. They come in waves. There's the first wave. It went down. People got tired of wearing masks. The second wave came. <laughs> More people died at the second wave, then the first wave, <laughs> then the second wave went, then the third wave. I mean, isn't that amazing? That that's exactly the same thing. I mean, we're 100 years now, we, are, we have more technological advancement, we have internet, we have more health, we have more everything. But look at what happens. The same process. So history is powerful. History is very, very powerful. More so the history of God. Is very, very powerful. God, God, and that is why God took time to document 
<laughs> Hallelujah. So we can use them. We can learn from them. First Corinthians 10, 11 says, all these things happen as examples. And they were written as our admonition upon whom the end of the age are come. Now, we are in the last leg, but the history is very, very important. I also want to say something about the word of God. The word of God is the conveyor of the life of God. The life of God. Many of you know I love Hebrews 4.12, right? For the word of God is quick and powerful. It's alive and it's active. All right? It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It can go to the, it penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, the joints and marrow, and it judges the thought and the intent of the earth. What he's trying to say here is the words are not just words. The word of God are not just words. They are not just words. They are active. The word of God is alive. It carries life. In fact, the word of God, it conveys the life of God. The living essence of God is transmitted through the word of God. I mean, sometimes try to read. But that's, I think, uh, Proverbs talks about, uh, my son, pay attention to your word, right? Incline your heart unto my saying. Do not let them depart from your heart. He said, they are life to those who find them and health to their flesh. You see, just injecting the word of God brings life into your physical body and you can get healed by that. It, it gives healing. You know, speaking the word is speaking life. Hallelujah. In John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus said, it, it is the spirit that gives life. Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. You see, as I'm speaking now, I'm not just giving information, right? I am releasing life. See, life creates faith. Life creates things. Life strengthens things. Life brings healing. Life brings vitality. Life brings energy. You know, someone that can key into it can really receive life, receive encouragement, receive things. So the word of God is not just, they are not just words. It is tangible. Praise the name of Jesus. And that's why we must take it seriously. That's why we must take it very, very, very seriously. Praise the name of Jesus. I have like uh, maybe 18 minutes more. I'm going to just go to the next, which is where I'm going. I've just uh, finished my introduction. <laughs> that was a long introduction. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I want to talk about, because the essence of what I want to talk about is how to go deeper in the world, right? How to really be able to, because, you know, engage in deeper and meaningful relationship with God. And if you're going to do that, we have to go deeper in his word, in his language. So it's not just, you know, being able to hear here and there, all right? Being able to pick up here and there. No, we need to be able to really have intimate conversation and deep relationship, uh, which it involves really getting into the word of God. So I've divided this into what I call four steps, four levels of going deeper in the word of God, four steps. The first step is the level of what I call engagement. You must engage with the word of God. And engagement is really more casual engagement. 
I don't mean casual in a sense, but at least just familiarizing. That's what I mean now, familiarizing yourself. I mean, engagement happens through listening, right, and reading, all right? Or even studying is some form of engagement, uh, reading and studying, depending on what you want to call it. You know, that's the first level. That's what you are getting now, for example. As I'm talking to you now, you are engaging with the Word of God. I'm taking passages. I'm explaining them to you. I'm connecting them to you. You know, hopefully you are paying attention to me. Hopefully you are home. You are not distracted. You are not trying to eat some burger while you are... Or finish your own work while you are listening. But at least you can check mark that I watch service online. Hopefully you are really attentive. Hallelujah. But that's the art of listening to the word of God is you are engaging. That's not very deep, but, it, but that's at least you're getting familiar. Now, obviously we can improve our listening. I think a lot of people, almost all of us, but many people can improve their listening, even in terms of listening to the word. I mean, reading is also very important. You know, you read, uh, you study, you try to understand it. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 17, verse, uh, verse 11 talks about the Berean Christians, right? You know, Apostle Paul, I mean, the, you know, the writer, Luke, writing, I, who wrote the book of uh, Acts, you know, talked about the, the Berean Christian. He said they were more noble. They were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures. Every day, all right, to see if what, if what Paul said was true. So examining the scripture daily must be part of your life as a believer. And unfortunately, many believers don't do that. Many people call themselves Christians. They even call themselves born-again Christians. And examining the scripture, they don't even do it. That there's no such thing as Christian who don't examine the word of God. I mean, Christian life is impossible. Christian life is not just, you know, trying to just do your best. You know, sometimes, oh, I'm just, I'm just trying my best. No, that's not Christian life. Christian life is a life in the word of God. It's not just trying to be good. Oh, I try my best. I'm a Christian. You know, I take out my recycle. I help my neighbor. Uh, you know, no, 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 that's not Christian life. Christian life is more, is deeper than that. I mean, anybody can do all that. Now, if you live a Christian life, of course, those things will result from there. But that's not Christian life. It is a life in the word of God. All right? So you must constantly engage in the word of God. In, in Acts chapter 8, you know, there was an Enoch, right? The guy, the, the Ethiopian eunuch, right? What was he doing? He was reading the scripture. He was reading the scripture. Philip went in there and he saw him. And he said, do you understand what you are reading? The guy said, how can I? I need someone to explain. But I admire the guy who was reading the scripture. Reading the scripture on a daily basis must be part of your lifestyle as a Christian. That involves, you know, your devotional. We have a devotional here. You can get, you know, there are, a lot, there are tons of devotional, you version, online, everywhere. That must be part of your daily life. But even with all that, that is, you're not really getting deep, but you can't get deep unless you start from there. Hallelujah. The second thing you must do is to confess, is to speak the word. That's the second level. Because part of the reason why you read and what reading does, reading does is to, you know, you are able to memorize. And when you memorize, then you are able to 
confess. In fact, part of memorizing is actually speaking. All right? You confess it. You know, many people don't do that today. But you have to make sure speaking the word, speaking the language. That's why don't pray without the word of God. I mean, when you want to pray, find a scripture. I don't pray without finding a scripture that I'm going to use to pray. You know, I have to find a scripture that, you know, you know, a promise, a word, you know, that is going to really, really, that my prayer is going to be hanging upon. There are a lot of people praying today. You know, there's a lot, there are a lot of prayer movements all over the world. Uh, many of them, not all of them, many of them don't, they're not based on the word. They're just based on, you know, we just think prayer is an activity that involves a lot of energy. Yes, prayer involves a lot of spiritual energy, but it must be based on the word of God. If it's not based on the word, it is not going to amount to much. So, confession. That's why in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, the Lord told Joshua, keep the book of the Lord always on your lips. You know, let it not depart from your mouth. Keep it on your lips. All right? So, it's very important, you know, to speak it. You know, when you read it, speak it. You know, Part of speaking it is to pray with it. That's actually how I speak it. All right? You pray with it. You pray with it. You pray with it. That becomes your prayer. You know, sometimes my prayer, I sit down, I am just reading and reciting the word, just reciting the promises, just reciting, you know, you know the Psalms, just reciting it to myself, just reciting scriptures, you're reciting it. So first of all, you have fulfilled something, you have... You're fulfilled, obviously, confessing the word. But you see, it's amazing how energized you are. It's amazing how much faith you build, you know, when you do that. It's amazing how much of the life of God is released into your life if you do that on a regular basis. Praise the name of Jesus. The next thing, the next level is meditation. It's meditation. You see, meditation is... It's hard to really separate meditation from confession. They, they are linked. You see, meditation is processing. It is, it is how you really make the word to become part of you. You see, meditation means the word becomes part of you. Hey, Joshua 1.8, I'll go back there. Keep this book of the Lord always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Did you see that? Day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything that is, that is, that is in it. He said meditate on it. So to meditate is to reflect. You see, the word of God must become your reflection. It must become what you think about. It must, it must inform your thinking pattern, your thinking way of life. That's very, very important. I mean, a lot happens in our, in our thoughts life. In our thoughts life. I mean, we are always thinking. But if you can incorporate thinking the word of God, thinking the promises of God, thinking, you know, things that God, God has said, meditating on that, learning to see things the way God sees them, learning to see situations the way God sees them, you know, sometimes we need to discipline ourselves to even see people, see our children. Some of us, maybe you have a troubled child, 
But when you see that child, what do you think about it? Do you know that we control things by our thoughts? You know, how about begin to feed on the promises of God concerning that child, and that becomes your thinking concerning them? You know, how about entering into God's thoughts? It is true meditation that we enter into God's thoughts. That's how we enter into God's thoughts. God says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. You know, but the way we enter into God's thoughts is through meditation. There's a way you meditate on the word of God that you, your mind is so much in sync. It's so much in agreement. You look at things. You look at people. You know, you be, you are able to see what God is thinking about them. It's amazing. It's, I mean, it's the most beautiful thing that can happen to you. You look at your life. You look at your situation. You see God's thoughts. You know how that happened? Through meditation. Meditation is really breaking through into God's thoughts. I mean, it's a focused process, but it's something that we must do regularly. Praise the name of Jesus. First Timothy 4.15, Apostle Paul says, talk, talking to his uh, protege, uh, Timothy, and he said, meditate on these things. Did you see that? Meditate on these things. This is the word. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress might be evident. The reason why we don't have progress, the reason why we don't really experience so much of God is because we don't meditate. You see, through meditation, you are giving yourself. And that's why if you have struggle, let's say you have struggle with unforgiveness, for example, meditate on scriptures on forgiveness. Just, just take the word of God, what he says about forgiveness. Just read them. Just meditate on them. After a while, your thoughts will become one with God's thoughts. What, you, what will happen to you? you? Forgiveness will flow out of you. Let's say you have anger issue. You're always getting angry. You're always, you know. How about read the word of God about anger, about being, being gentle, about being, you know, being agreeable. Begin to meditate on those Let's say you have whatever it is. Meditation releases you into God's thoughts. Causes you to, you know, to encounter God's thoughts and to flow in God's thoughts. And the last thing I'm going to talk about is application. You know, most times we jump into application. The problem is you can't. You can't just apply the word of God. You can't skip confession, meditation. Many times we think, I'll just hear the word and go and do them. That's not practically possible. We hear the word of God, we just, we just go and do the one we've been doing before. The one that is comfortable for us. Some, you know, some things are, you know, a lot of times what we call Christian work is really our own work. A lot of times we just walk in our strength. Things that naturally we read, oh no, me, I'm never, oh, I, I've always been this. So that doesn't work. Yeah, we, are, we all have some things we're good in, some things we're not good in, some things that are easy for us, some things that are not easy for us. What are those difficult things that you have been able to do effortlessly because of obedience? That's how you measure your Christian life. Not just you are able to you know, set your own exam and pass it. Right? 
That's what we do. We set our own standard and pass it. Things that are very easy for us, we do it. No, the word of God is total. What, the reason why that is very difficult is because you can't, the word of God, the, the word is spirit. Obedience itself is a spiritual thing. It's not, just, it's not just a legalistic thing that, oh, I just hear it, I just do it. No, let's go, back. Let's go to a few verses that we've talked about here. Joshua 1.8 is one of them. It gives us the process. He said, keep this book of law always on your lips. All right? Of course, that means Joshua already knew them. Joshua is reading them. He said, confess them, right? Make sure you confess them. And he said, meditate on them. All right? Meditate on them. And he now says, so that you may be. Did you see that? So that you may be careful to do everything. See, you can't really do until you have confessed and meditated. Doing is always the last part. Sometimes we want to jump into doing. You know, if you're struggling with something, you know, many of you are struggling with giving, struggling with forgiveness, struggling with whatever. It's because it has, it has not become oneness with you, right? You're not, you are not one with the word of God. So meditation is what leads to application. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when we read James 1.22 that says, do not just be listening to the word, deceive yourself, do it. Yes, it's talking, but it's not complete. That one verse doesn't capture the essence of the whole process, right? And that's what I'm trying to help you. Joshua, Joshua 1.8 is closer. Joshua 1.8 says, keep the book of the law, meditate on it, so that you may be able to do everything that is in it. Then you will be prosperous and be successful. First Timothy 4.15 also is very close to that he said meditate on these things give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident did you see that so it's not just i hear i do you know hearing and doing like we learned in sunday school does not always happen it's not that easy you know it involves giving ourselves there's another verse that is close uh, psalm 119 verse 11 says I have stored your word in my heart. All right? Your word I have hidden in my heart, right? So that I may not sin against you. He also captures a lot more, you know, because the word of God does not get stored without confessing and meditating. You see, confessing, meditating. Studying first, obviously, you get information. You read, you study, then you memorize, then you, you confess, you know, memorization, confession, they go together. Then you meditate day and night. You know, you wake up, you meditate. During the day, you just think, you know, about, you know, about this word. And you will see that obedience becomes automatic. Christian life must not be a struggle. If, it, if everything that God says is a struggle to you, then you are missing a few steps. Many of us are missing so many steps, right? I mean, we know and we try to do and we are struggling. And afterward, we say, oh, this Christian life is hard. What is, maybe it's not meant for me. I mean, I think maybe I'm not just born like, I'm not just born right. Or this, oh, you know, people like pastor, they are just lucky. And, you know, God just made them to be able to do it. No, that's not how it works, you know. But confession, meditation, makes it a natural process, you know, so you are able to really just flow into it. I just speak over your life today.
that the Lord will just give you love for his word. So, Father, I'm praying that you will baptize everyone with a love for your word. I mean, there will be such a passion in this house. There will be such a desire. Yes, the Bible says your word is sweeter than the honey in the honeycomb. And I pray though, that the sweetness of your word, your, the sweetness of your word will be revealed. The prophet says, your word were found and I ate them. And I pray, Lord, you will release such a strong desire, such, such a strong passion for your word, for dwelling in the word of God, for meditating in the word of God. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, release it. Release it over this house. In the mighty name of Jesus, we will be known as people of the word of God. We will be known as people who breathe the word, who lift the word, who meditate the word, who pray the word, who do the word. In the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, I just release life this morning. I release life. If anyone here, maybe you are sick in your body, I just feel led to pray for you. You know, maybe you can stand up if you're, if you're sick, you know, if you have any form of illness, whether you're here in person, even if you're home, I want you to just, just stand up and just place your hands on that area that is bothering you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I release your life. I release life. The Bible says your word is quick. Your word is active. Your word releases life. I release life. I release life. I release life. I release life. Be quickened. Receive life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Can we give the Lord a clap offering? Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? Are you blessed today? Amen, amen. If you're a guest here, and, or you're someone that was touched by this word, and you just want to, you want to give Jesus a place in your life. Jesus is sweet. Jesus is beautiful. And you want to say, you know what, I, I really want to surrender my life to Jesus. I'd like to pray for you. And I'd like you to just uh, put your hands on your chest and repeat after me. Jesus, I thank you you died for me and you paid the price for my sin and I invite you today come into my life cleanse me and wash me and make me a child of God today thank you in Jesus name amen if you pray that prayer there's a link that will be displayed or that will be put on the channel you are watching from Make sure you click it and fill the form that will, uh, uh, that will, be, uh, that will come out. If you're here in person, today's your first time or you're making a decision, the same form does everything. That link on the screen, agapehousenj.org slash connect. Just go on your phone and put it and just fill the form and we will be uh, you know, able to get your information. May the Lord bless you. I'd like to pray for... Our birthday, our December boys and girls, we like to call them. Amen. December boys and girls. The list was sent to your email 
right? If you didn't receive it, maybe you didn't check your email or we don't have your correct email if you're a member of our church. But I want to congratulate. I want to bless everyone here who is born in December. We have a lot of wonderful people born in December, lots of them. And we also have uh, uh, people who got married. I don't know who will get married in December, but that's, that's a story for another day. Well, we have a lot of important people here, so something special is going on there. Who got married in December? God bless you. God honor you. Today is our Thanksgiving Sunday. Nothing is going to stop us from giving thanks. If you want to give your Thanksgiving offering, you can still do it just to thank God. Can you imagine the last Sunday of the year, of, of the last Thanksgiving Sunday of the year? This is amazing. The next Thanksgiving Sunday will be 2021. Amen. So if you want to thank God, you want to offer your, you know, your thanksgiving, your praise, your thanksgiving to the Lord, feel free to do it. Or, uh, you know, the means to do it are on the screen. Uh, you can use all these things as well. But today I want to bless. If you are here, you can stand up. If you are here, you are a December baby or your anniversary is in December.